Greetings, Chi Alpha. My name is David Lau, and I'm a campus minister with Chi Alpha Christian Fellowship at uh, UNC Chapel Hill. Uh, one thing most uh, most people would know about me, and maybe you can relate, whether you are in college or you have a part-time job, I like to save money. Yeah, when I when I say I like to save money, though, it is to the extent that I I try not to eat out if I can help it, because I feel like it's too expensive for someone with a high metabolism like me to go and eat out. Uh, just to, for a reference, when I was in college and had a meal plan, I'd eat probably about three plates of food per meal, uh, which probably means nine plates of food a day if I'm eating at the dining hall every time. Uh, you can see how expensive uh, I, that can get if I'm ordering that much food at some other restaurant. So uh, I actually do more grocery shopping. In fact, when I shop for grocery, I buy only bulk or buy whatever is on sale. Uh, food aside, I also uh, don't really do monthly subscriptions, you know, Netflix or something similar like that. And, you know, I could go down the list of other ways how I can save money. But I think you get the idea. I really like saving money. So I hope to meet you two someday and would love to get to know you. So anyway, yeah, so uh, this semester we are going through the Sermon on the Mount. Um, and it's recording the book of Matthew uh, chapter 5 and seven, through 7. Uh, Jesus is giving us a, night, a picture of what uh, the kingdom of God is like. And he's giving us like actual characteristic of how the people of God would appear like you know, what kind of characteristic they would have. This is the kind of quality. And by the way, if you haven't seen any of our previous videos, uh, I would highly encourage you to check them out. Uh, each of our videos do touch on, you know, certain, whichever uh, characteristic that Jesus touches on. So, yeah, so our topic for this, uh, for today, actually touches on giving to the needy, or rather those in need. And uh, I actually want to focus more about the importance of giving to the need. So yeah, so today's Sermon on the Mount, we'll be looking at Matthew 6, verse 1 to 4, if you have your Bible or, or device. Uh, yeah, so it reads, Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly, I say to you, uh, they have received their reward, but when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. In the CEV translation, verse 1 reads, When you do good deeds, don't try to show off. In today's culture, it's kind of like seeing someone on Facebook or Instagram, whichever social media you use, uh, seeing them share a post that they donated, I don't know, $2,000 to a ministry. A ministry that's focused on rescuing people off the streets, uh, kind of like Frontline Response, formerly known as Atlanta Dream Center. Now, I can respect the fact that the person gave to a need. And I respect Frontline Response. I love what they do. I was on a mission team, actually for spring break, uh, last spring actually, and we got to do some great stuff with them. So I respect that. I love it. Here's what bothers me. Uh, you just read verse one. I feel like that person's just showing off and it's kind of annoying. Now, 
that's one that might be one thing here's here's another reason why it probably bothers me it's probably because i haven't given as much you know i just shared about how uh it costs a lot for me to eat if i go and eat out as much as i do and i like to save money you know unless i'm going to places like mr tokyo where they do their lunch special of all you can eat for just 12.99 unless i'm going to places like that i'm probably not going to want to spend that much money i i don't like spending too much money that's just that's just who i am so the thought of giving as much as two thousand that is a lot and i sure do not have that kind of money just sitting in my bank account waiting to be donated to, to some need i just don't have that much um yeah and frankly i might get discouraged about the whole thing like man I can't, I can't do a dent to this need. Is there, is there even a point for me to give? You know, are you carrying $2,000? Do you have friends who's carrying that much money? Because if they do, you should seriously consider donating to the David Lau funds. Or the, or start a, I don't know, Feed David Go fund, because I'm always hungry. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, seriously though. Uh, whether the person's actually showing off, or just raising awareness of a need, that's not for us to be concerned about. See, for, for people like you and me who uh, aren't as blessed in the areas of finance, you know, uh, this passage, passage does assume that giving to those in need is a righteous thing to do. Uh, so I don't know about you, but if I say that I am a follower of Jesus, uh, who is also my Lord and Savior, by the way, uh, how important is it that I give to those in need? When I don't have much. Uh, because anyone who claims uh, to be a Christian ought to be Christ-like, uh, meaning to grow to be more like Jesus in character and you know, basically strive to do what Jesus would do. Uh, let's focus on who God is and what God already did. You know, we can turn to the Bible and consider various Bible verses that the Jews would be familiar with. Or, you know, just search of the passage. Really, for sake of time, I'll just mention the book of the Bible that's mentioned. So if you just go through Genesis, we already see that God provides food to people because people need food to live. That's why we have vegetables, grains, fruits, fish, chicken, beef. Listen, you have no idea how important food is until you go without food. And I'm pretty sure there are other people around the world that can, will say the same thing. So just saying. Um, in Genesis, actually in Genesis 22, specifically, uh, Abraham was being tested and he needed to offer a sacrifice to God and, uh, God actually provided a sacrifice for Abraham. Pretty big deal. It, there's a lot more going in there, but just, I, I, I just want to focus on the fact that God provided a sacrifice for Abraham to offer. So, uh, in Exodus, we see God feeding his people by raining bread and meat, uh, while his people, who thought they were going to die from starvation, while they were wandering the wilderness. Pretty cool to see food raining from above, like cloudy with meatballs. Anyway, First uh, Kings in 17, uh, a poor woman thought that she and her son would die from starvation, but the prophet Elijah told her that God would provide enough food for them to live. And then uh, in John 1, 29 and 3, 16, God gives and provides us his son Jesus as a sacrificial lamb of God in place of us so that we can be reconciled to God. Now, 
I know that the verses I just mentioned talked about food and sacrificial lambs. Uh, but in those days, it was common to barter or trade what you had with what someone else had. And uh, in a sense, because grains would, could store and they didn't spoil, they were actually, it was actually common to use whatever grain you had stored up and use that to trade for goods and services. Um, you know, they did have money like shekels. Uh, they were like gold and silver coins. But they, it was not really the standard, at least not in the same way that we use dollar bills in the U.S., like for virtually everything. Money was just one way for transaction to occur, you know, shekels in this case. But, uh, yeah, it was actually common to also use grains. So it would be kind of like uh, someone offering me a jacket and they wanted two fresh baked bread that I made this morning. Be something like that. It's actually pretty cool how food doubled as sustenance and money back then. So it's pretty cool. So, yeah, in the verse, in some of the accounts I mentioned earlier, you know, we see that God is the provider, the one who's giving. And the ones who seem to be in the place of need, uh, the ones that, at least in the verse I shared, they were people like Abraham and people kind of like you and me, actually. And, or just people who don't really feel like they have much, like the lady who thought she would starve her and her son. Yeah, so we see that God has given more than we could ever come up with. And if you read in Malachi 3.10, this is what it says. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Yeah, so be it in tithing or just giving a portion of your income, God is making a bold claim that he is the most generous person you will ever meet. Uh, you know how there are donors who will match you in the giving? Yeah, I think this verse makes it sound like God's going to do even more than just match your giving. You know, if God is who he claims to be, none of us are going to be able to outgive him. You know, it's actually written in Deuteronomy 10.14 that to the Lord God belongs the heavens and the earth. You know, he owns essentially everything. And it's out of God's kindness that he gives us plants and animals to eat because we need food. He also gives us the sunlight so that we would have light so we can see and have warmth. And you know, it's, it's winter, it's pretty cold. I really am grateful of the sun personally. So yeah, and also the sun is good for food because plants need food and everyone needs plants. Anyway, me, me and food, I'll stop now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so probably one act of God's generosity that every follower of Jesus would remember is this. Uh, there was a time where People were in right relationship with God, and unfortunately, that relationship got severed because people had sinned against God. And no amount of good works or gifts uh, could undo that. And the only way to undo it was if someone, uh, someone who was perfect, someone who was sinless, if that person was offered, this person would bear our sins. And this person would die in our place. That was the only way to get rid of sin, for a sacrifice to take place. And the pr problem was, we didn't have that. We didn't have a Savior among us. None of us are. The Bible teaches that we're all 
guilty of sin, that we, we have all transgressed. And uh, the reality is, God didn't just stop there. He actually gave us His own Son, as His Son Jesus. And Jesus was the one that came to take our sins and die in our place. And it's actually through Jesus, whom God actually raised back to life, that uh, we can have life in abundance now. We can be in right relationship with God, which is, which is really incredible. So, yeah, we didn't have a sinless person, and God provided that Savior in the form of Jesus so that we can be with God. And from a spiritual perspective, that is God giving to those in need. Now, I think, I think there's even more examples we could really go through, but uh, we don't have that kind of time. And I think we get an idea of just how generous God really is. You know, he's got a track record of giving what he's promised also. And he gives, and even though he does own, you know, essentially everything, the whole earth, all of heaven, uh, I'm getting the sense it's not so much he's giving because he has so much and he just doesn't know what to do with it. No. He's giving because he likes giving. He likes giving to us. He cares about us. He likes to give good gifts. And he sees what we need. He knows our needs. And, you know, a lot of things he gives us, they are either life-giving or life-sustaining. Either way, it, there's something life-giving in the things he gives us. And it meets our needs, whether it's hunger or something else. So, you know, so given what I've mentioned up to this point, you know, that is probably why the passage in Matthew 6, uh, 1 through 4, already assumes that giving uh, to those in need is considered a righteous thing to do. It's a pleasing thing to do in God's eyes. Now, none of us is God, and none of us have that kind of wealth. And, you know, nothing, not that there's anything wrong with having a high salary or having, having investment in stocks and making a big return on it. You know, nothing wrong with that. Um, but I don't think the point is to be like God in owning everything and having great riches. I don't think that's the, the main point. I think the main point is that, you know, God loves seeing his people give to those in need out of kindness. You know, God loves it when people are moved by compassion and gives to those in need. So to anyone who claims to follow Jesus, you know, growing more Christ-like in character is kind of an expectation. You know, if I claim to follow Jesus, then at some point, uh, some actions would follow out of, the out of me placing my hope, my faith, my trust in Jesus. You know, when it comes to giving to the poor, I can't be stingy with my resources uh, just because I don't feel like I have much to offer. Now, surely, you know, I should maintain a financial budget, set some money aside for savings or retirement, and, you know, just be wise in how I spend my money. Uh, but I can't just ignore the needs around me. You know, there are people who are trapped in uh, human trafficking. There are people who are trapped in brokenness, whether it's uh, poverty, no food, no clothes, no education. Um, yeah, and, you know, there are people who are stuck in this cycle of darkness where their children are potentially going to grow up and live through that. And yeah, the cycle just keeps continuing. And then there are people who are living in despair because they don't know God and they don't know Jesus. They don't know that Jesus died for their sins. 
And so as long as they don't know, their children are also stuck in that despair. Never truly experiencing the joy that can only come from God. Uh, the need is certainly great. And these people and children, they're actually all over. They're around the world. They're in our own country. You know, I did a mission trip to Atlanta, Georgia, working with the Atlanta Dream Center. That's what they were known at the time. And I met some of those people and I spoke with them. You know, if that's not hitting home yet, they're also in our own city, our own hometown. Probably right next to us, we just don't know it. So the need is great. And so to anyone who claims that they follow Jesus, God is already on the move to show kindness and give to those in need. And he's calling you to be like Jesus and do likewise. We cannot afford to be so focused on what we don't have that we turn a blind eye to those in need. We can address the issue of showing off in our giving later if that comes up. Uh, but for now, we need to start giving to those in need. So here's my challenge for you. Uh, focus on what you do have. You know, let's actually focus on need itself and think how we can actually meet it. If you don't have 2,000, maybe 200. If 200 is not, uh, not something you can do, 20. If not 20, $2. Two cents if you have to go that low. And there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. There was a widow who only put in two coins in the, uh, in the treasury, and a lot of rich people kind of mocked her, you know, and they were probably showing off how much they can give. And Jesus affirmed her in front of everyone, saying how she was willing to give to a need and did not let her uh, lack of bother that. So God honors whatever you do give, even if it's only two cents. And if, if money is something you don't really have, you know, you still have time. You have 24 hours in a day. Everyone has 24 hours in a day. You can spend time doing other things to help meet the need. You know, uh, when I was with the Atlanta Dream Center, uh, we would invite the homeless to a dinner on Thursday nights, and we would try to engage and talk with them. And it was a pretty big deal, actually, because the homeless people are not used to being treated like people. So we were showing love even in that moment as we were, um, you know, offering free dinners for them. And uh, yeah, it was really great. And it's pretty cool to hear some of the reports, like people who actually get off the street. And even though I didn't actually, I guess, give a lot of money to them, it was still pretty cool how I guess invested my time doing stuff with the Atlanta Dream Center. And just pretty cool to be part of uh, life transformation that way. So. Uh, it doesn't have to be that organized. You can even do meal trains. You know, if someone just got out of surgery or someone just had a newborn, meal trains are the way to also help meet a need there. I can't offer $20, but I can at least cook dinner and maybe bake a cake. Uh, that'd be my contribution. So, yeah, stuff like that. You can be creative. What's the need and how you can meet it? And just because you don't have much money doesn't mean you can't help meet the need. Get creative. Now, I want to be clear that I'm not suggesting you go give away everything in your bank account or everything you own. That's not what I'm suggesting. Uh, this is a growing process. You know, we take small steps and then it leads to bigger steps. So, and I'm not really suggesting that you start go and look for someone to give. That's not what I'm suggesting either. Uh, what I am suggesting is that you challenge yourself to think of ways to give to those in need, whoever they might be. You know, start with $2 if someone's, you know, 
asking for, about it. Start with $2. And, and if there's a ministry that you'd actually like to support and you just don't, really don't have much, do $2 a month. Pretty low, I get it, but it's probably better than nothing. Trust me, it's, it's better than nothing. So follower of Jesus gives because God has given much, and God gives because there's a great need. And when we give to those who are in need, we offer them a glimpse of hope that can only be found in Jesus. We give because God first gave to us. He gave us food when we needed food. He gave us a son when we needed light and warmth. And God gave his own son Jesus because we needed a savior to bear our sins. And through Jesus, we could be reconciled with God once more. That's why followers of Jesus also give to those in need, even if they don't have much to begin with. And it's not about giving because we have so much we don't know what to do. There is a need. So let's be like Jesus and give to those in need. So yeah, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, definitely would love to see you. I know the COVID has been an uh, interesting season, but we are certainly praying for you and hope to see you soon. So continue to be the light of the world and keep giving to those in need. See you all next week.